The following talk was given at Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Please visit our website at milehighchurch.org. So our topic today is the life-transforming power of the soul-guided path. A boy was raised by a mom who had a dream. I was told on the day you were born, she said, that you'd be a great writer. Now, as, as he grew up, this boy didn't quite know if that was her dream or his. But he did, in fact, find himself reading two books a week when he was five. And then he began to write a newspaper for his school. So it seemed to be happening. Then he graduated from high school. And one day, as his mother was preparing a lunch for him, she collapsed and died of a heart attack. And, of course, he was devastated. She was so young. He felt impelled just to uh, enroll for the service and to serve our country, and he did, as a bombardier in World War II. Then he returned home, and uh, he entered into an unhappy marriage. And he became more and more depressed. And uh, offsetting that depression, uh, he began to drink, and drink a lot. One day he came home, and he found a note from his first wife saying that she had taken their child and had left. And his response to that? Drinking more and more. Until he lost his job and then lost his home and was now wandering the streets. He found himself in a little village wandering around and he was confused one night, rainy night, leaning against a door of a store and just saying, what am I going to do? What am I supposed to do? Then he happened to take out of his pocket the only money he had left, which was a small portion of an inheritance he'd received from his mother. Three soaking wet $10 bills was all he had. And he held them there, and then he happened to glance at the window next to the door of the shop and realized it was a pawn shop. It was, yeah, a pawn shop. And he looked in the window, and there in the window, he saw a gun with a little tag on it that said $29. And he said, that's... That's what I'm supposed to do. But then, a voice within him declared, Don't. That's not your higher design. And the hairs on his arms stood up because he'd known that voice. It was a voice that was comforting him when his mother passed. It was a voice that guided him out of peril when he was serving in the war. It was a voice that had revealed that some of the things his mother had said were true. It was that voice, but it was more clear, more pronounced, more powerful now than ever before. And he paused. And then the guidance continued as he looked across the street and he saw a library. And he felt impelled to go into it, and so he did. And he wandered around and just arrived at a bookcase full of motivational books by Napoleon Hill and and W. Clement Stone and the like. And he took one off by W. Clement Stone. He started reading this material that just started feeding him at a deep, deep, deep level. And he said to himself, I've got to meet this man. I've got to meet him. And so he took that $30 and he purchased a train ticket. And he went to Clement Stone and was granted an audience And Stone was so touched by him that he gave him a job selling insurance in Maine, saying, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere, kid. (laughs) So he went there. And in fact, he did make it. His business thrived. Then he found himself writing manuals for other agents and then writing articles for the magazine for the insurance company. And then that little voice, the one inside every one of us, 
said, you know, write about your story. Write about your path. And so Ogmandino did. He wrote a classic, The Greatest Salesman on Earth, which was followed by 40 other books, a writer indeed. You see, we hold the power in our hands. And and it's the power to choose to let the lesser energies and voices around us guide us into further desolation or limitation in our life. Or we hold the power to turn to greater resources and to follow a deep, deep guidance within ourselves. You hold that power. I'm reminded of the words of Ernest Holmes, our founder. We are to believe in ourselves because we believe in God. The two are one. We are to know that passing events cannot hinder the onward march of the soul. The temporal imperfection of the human cannot dim the eternal integrity of the divine. That's you. And so this is part two of a little little series called The Life-Transforming Power of the Soul-Guided Path. And what we've established so far is that there's a reality of you, which is so much more than the thoughts you've assembled about yourself. It's so much more than what people have told you about yourself. It's so much more than the judgments you or others have passed upon your experience. There's a real you, a spirit you, a soul that is made in the image and after the nature and likeness of God. And we can sure cover that over effectively, can't we? But it's still reality. I mean, you can throw a bunch of dirty cloths over a a bright light, and you can obscure the light, but the light still shines. All you got to do is remove all that junk and let it happen. And it will. Eventually, we realize that one of the greatest things we can do in this life is to embrace and surrender to that higher reality within us to its ever-unfolding purpose and its higher guidance in our life. To do as our topic would invite today, to follow our intuition, which Dr. Holmes said is the voice of spirit proclaiming itself within us. Follow that knowing within yourself. You have the power to listen to any voice you want. What's it going to be? The old junk or the inspiration from on high? Which isn't out there somewhere. It's right in here within you. We have the power to receive that. But one of the great challenges that we face is in our culture, it seems, and it concerns me a lot, it seems like we are in disconnection with this truth of us, with the soul. And we've so identified with materialism and consumerism and, and uh, really toxic limiting thoughts about people and about ourselves. We get caught up in all of the morass of uh, the antagonism going on and we get so lost from reality. Uh, the, the, uh, the great monk and therapist Thomas More who wrote The Care of the Soul, he puts it this way, the great malady of our times implicated in all of our troubles and affecting us individually and socially is a loss of soul. When soul is neglected, it doesn't just go away. It appears symptomatically in obsessions, addictions, violence, and loss of meaning. We've lost our wisdom about the soul. And when that happens, and then we see it 
the other phenomenon, and that is people scurrying around searching for something out there. Searching for something that they're actually holding within them. Dr. Holmes says, that what you are seeking, you are seeking with. And then we're out there scurrying around, trying to find that. I love the story of Mrs. Feingold. Now, Mrs. Feingold called up her travel agent and said, book me passage to this remote village in Nepal. And he said, oh, Sophie, it's a long schlep out there. It's terrible. You're going to have to have two plane rides. You're going to have to ride a train. And then you're going to have to ride camels over this large expanse where they're having a civil war right now. You don't want to do that. Besides, there's no kosher food there. And she said, I don't care. I had a revelation. Book that. And so Sophie packed her backpack full of rye bread and hard cheeses and set out on her journey. And after a 10-day trek, she arrived at the encampment of the wise sage that she wanted to visit. See, she'd heard about this sage. And she wanted answers. And she wanted to be with that one who was in this remote village. So when she arrived at the, 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 the guru's encampment, she was shocked to find out that she'd have to wait three weeks to see this awakened master, that she'd traveled so far to see. And then they told her, on top of that, when you do come into the presence of the one, you may only say three words. Well, she'd gone a whole long way to be there, And so she went ahead and waited patiently until the big day arrived. And they led her to this cave and went into the cave and it was thick with incense and the twinkling of thousands of candles lit in the place. And there at the back of the cave was that holy one, that saffron-robed, bearded guru, his eyes half-closed in spiritual reverie. And as she saw him, a thrill went through her body and a joyous recognition. And she strode up to the wise one and shook him by the shoulders and looked straight in the eye and said, Morris, come home. (laughs) All to suggest that what we're seeking isn't in an ashram out there. It's not in some monastery that we have to trek to. It's, It's not in trying to live like some kind of a saint, but in accessing This something that's right at home, right here at home within us and deciding that that's the right guide for our lives. So I ask you, as I did last week, who's guiding your life? Who's in charge, really? Who's in charge? And there's that greater power and presence within you. And we've got to give that the authority. Dr. Holmes would often uh, tell his uh, students, don't listen to what I say. Listen to what I listen to. And we get to listen inwardly to that truth. Last week, I suggested that on this soul-guided path, some of the practices that will help us along, you can remember through the letters of the word soul, S-O-U-L, and there's, first of all, stilling. Stilling the mind and stilling those voices that have controlled. Then there's opening, opening our hearts. Opening to change. And then there's untethering. And that's letting go of all of our attachments to old self-images, old plans, old this, old that untethering, and then finally there's leaping, proceeding forth. And as we look at following our intuition today, leaping is where it's all about. I call us to that last letter in that word, leaping. Because at times that guidance within will cause us to leap in a brand new, powerful, soul-guided 
direction. And blessed are we if we go. I've drawn inspiration from Melody Beatty. And she writes, evolution is a part of life. And we're always evolving into a new cycle. We can learn to ride freely with that flow. When I hang on, don't we all hang on? When I hang on and don't go for the ride, I start getting all blocked up in my soul. I don't mean that going with the flow is easy. It isn't. Because when we do that, our conscious mind doesn't know the plan. And boy, does it want to know the plan. There's no rule book. That means we have to not only connect with our soul, but also trust where it's leading us. I think that's a big part of the journey for many of us. Trust. Trust. We hold the power. What are we going to trust? I've been on a trust walk. And uh, I've been listening deeply and I've been praying deeply. And uh, what I want to share with you now from my heart isn't easy, but it's become really clear at a deep and sometimes inexplicable level that it is time for me to let go of the reins here as senior minister, to retire from that position and uh, see what the next step uh, is meant to be. You know, I've been uh, doing that, senior minister, for 25 years here. That's a long time to be doing anything, you know. 25 years. <laughs> and I love this church so much. I mean, as a kid, 14 years old, it gave me new hope. It helped me understand my spiritual longings. It gave me a path I couldn't even have imagined. So I love it. And yet... Um, a couple of years ago, I was in prayer about this, and then this past December, it, it, it crystallized that now's the time, and you don't get to know why, and you don't get to know what's next, but now's the time. The cycle is complete. And so I've advised the board of this, and my last Sunday will be March 3rd in 2019. So we've got five months together to, to grow through this and with this, and I look forward to that. Um, and uh, so to help you understand this, first of all, I want you to know that I'm not sick. I'm very healthy. Nobody's pushing me out. Ain't nobody can. <laughs> nobody's pushing me out. And I'm not being lured to any other position. I'm just being called to step into the blessed unknown and see what's available. One thing I know, though, is I will still continue to be a minister in some capacity. Um, I took that on for life, you know. So I'll find new ways. Um, But they'll be changed. And... uh, doing the senior ministry thing for 25 years, and actually 42 years almost uh, of full church public ministry. It's time for me to explore how I can express and serve God in new ways. So to further share with you what's happening is that also upon my recommendation, the Board of Trustees uh, has appointed, effective March 3rd of next year, has has appointed uh, Dr. Michelle Madrano and Reverend Joshua Reeves as lead ministers of Mile High Church. Those beautiful souls. (laughs) 
Now, what I want you to know is that they're, they are the cream of the crop of our whole movement, our worldwide movement. They're revered around the movement. They're some of the most effective and powerful ministers around. I picked them to be here for such a time as this and to bring their gifts, and they will do a superb job in leading this church to bigger and even greater things than we've accomplished, and uh, I'm so excited for them. And I stand in full, total support of them. Now, also, the Board of Trustees um, very graciously has designated that from March 3rd on, I will be Minister Emeritus, which really means that I um, will get to hang around, walk around, and look real important. And, uh, and that's about it. No, actually, I've pledged that I'll consult with church leadership as they desire. I will uh, make appearances at special events. If there's a good party, I'll be there. Um, if they're going to let me speak a couple times, you know, a year or so. And I'll keep doing the meditation and prayer retreats. And uh, I'll be leading some pilgrimages. I'm also interested in supporting and uplifting the Mile High Church Foundation, which is our, uh, our financial future as a church. So... What you've got to know is I am not disappearing. This is my church, and you can't pull me from it. I am not disappearing. I'm just changing roles and uh, kind of working in the distant background and then hanging out here with you. I'll be sitting out here uh, and enjoying it, soaking up all this good stuff, and uh, maybe I'll volunteer to serve coffee or uh, usher or something that fits my talents like that. Um, it's been a wonderful 25 years in doing this, and it's uh, an interesting step to take a leap. But, you know, that's what we are uh, called to do. But what I want you to know is I'm very excited about this. This is good. Um, Everything has a season, as it says uh, in Ecclesiastes. Um, And uh, Mile High Church is in great shape. It's in great shape. We've got the greatest congregation on earth. We've got an incredible practitioner core, uh, almost 300 strong of people of high caliber consciousness. We've got a tremendous ministerial team backing up Dr. Michelle and Josh. And, and we've got a fabulous staff and a tremendous board of trustees. Uh, we've got everything we need. And, and we've got a strong tradition. So I just know this place is just going to keep going and growing and doing great things. And I know a lot of people have been saying, well, what are you going to do? And I said, I haven't the foggiest idea. I do not know. Uh, I'm going to let that unfold. Sometimes you've got to get into that new space and just be and let it unfold. But the knowing is that something will. And I'll follow that and I'll keep serving. And I'll keep championing this beautiful, beloved Mile High Church, uh, which has given me more than I could ever give back. So I appreciate your support in this. Um, and... Uh, We're going to march on in great fashion, aren't we? Because what I ask you to do is stay strong with Mile High. Because I've never wanted to have a personality-based church. That's why I've always assembled around me really powerful ministers um, so that they could do all the work and I could take all the credit is really the, (laughs) the, the way I did it. But I've always had really powerful people around me because I want this church to be secure and strong in every way. And um, so it's going to get better and better and better. And I just invite you to stay strong, be present more than ever before. And next week, we're going to start one of the most powerful adventure and faith programs ever. It's called Bridges to Breakthroughs. And it's actually a program 
that, was create, that we created when I came back here in 1993 to be senior minister. And some challenges had gone on in the church then. And uh, we needed a healing and we needed to leave the past behind and really step into a new future. And so we created this program, Dr. Patty and I and blessed Dr. Marge, we created a seven-week program called Bridges to Breakthrough. And we, put a, we created a little bridge and we put planks each week into the bridge until it was complete. And it was all about how to move from what was and to embrace change and to do it in a healing, strong manner so that you come off the other side of the bridge ready and raring to go into a new future. Well, we've refreshed that. We're going to start that next week the most powerful seven weeks around, and we're going to build a new bridge. It's about twice as big as the other one, but so is this place. And um, we're going to put a plank in each week. And you're going to learn the technologies of how to deal masterfully with change and disappointment or loss or whatever comes your way and to not get stuck in it like quicksand, but to have that bridge into breakthroughs. It's going to be very exciting. It's going to help us as a community also move over that bridge into a brand new creative space. And so I invite you to be here. Tell everybody about this incredible adventure in faith. We're going to have some gifts on a lot of Sundays and incredible material that you'll want to keep because it'll be relevant many, many times in your life. Take a deep breath. Onward and upward, right? Absolutely. We're all designed not only with the power in our hands, but also with the pattern of creative life within us. I think of it like a caterpillar on its way to being a butterfly. While it's a caterpillar, it contains within it what's called imaginal cells. These imaginal cells hold the blueprint, the template, for all that that caterpillar is equipped to become, for that higher-order organism. But they're dormant for a time. And many times we get so busy in our own lives, we forget that there's a pattern within us already installed. The software is there for our spiritual enlightenment and and the truth of our being. And yet, sometimes we're so busy about other things, it's dormant for a while. But then the pressure builds. And as the caterpillar hears a call, the imaginal cells come out of their dormancy and begin to express. But then the immune system of the uh, caterpillar starts fighting off the imaginal cells. Just about the time, have you experienced this? Just about the time you get a sense of, oh, something new here then all the old stuff goes to battle with it. It's like your mental immune system that's so stuck on the past and attached to what was goes to war against your higher guidance. And that can be a challenging experience. But then something happens and and the imaginal cells gain the upper hand in what science calls a state of critical unworkability. (laughs) The caterpillar arrives at a state of critical unworkability where it's unworkable to remain a caterpillar any longer. And so the imaginal cells build up more and more power and more and more numbers. Then they gather together in groups and they share genetic information. And the die is cast. And then finally, the caterpillar surrenders and dissolves into a fluid. And that can happen with us too. There's a time when we surrender our resistance to the impulsion in our lives and we become fluid to the universe. And the imaginal cells gain the dominance and the transubstantiation continues until out of that chrysalis emerges that higher order organism, that butterfly. And that's really our soul journey, the metamorphosis that is at hand. I love what Joseph Campbell said about that. We must be willing to get rid of the life we've planned so as to have the life that's waiting for us. Old, the old skin has to be shed 
before the new one can come. You hold the power in your hands. The pattern of ever unfolding creative life is already within you. The imaginal cells of your soul already within you. So what's left? But to follow your leading, follow your intuition, and leap. To leap. And to let the universe transform you as you go. That's what I'm going to do. I know that's what we're going to do as a community in a beautiful and healthy and powerful way. And we're going to do it keeping Mile High strong and prosperous and powerful and see that happen in our own lives too. It's been a wonderful time. I look at my life and I say, my God, it's been nothing but leaps, you know. Um, It's been nothing but leaps. I've leapt from this to that to the other thing. You know, I've leapt from um, a degree in psychology to a degree in religion. What do you do with a religion and psych degree in your life? Then I leaped into this ministerial training. Then I leaped um, into uh, my first ministry at age 24. I was scared to death. Every Sunday that I'd speak was a leap of trying to trust and grow and just loving them. And the church grew now I leap to come back here for 10 years and work with Fred as an associate. Then the greatest leap that ever came to me was leaping into being a husband to beloved Erica and, and adopting my two incredible boys and having the best grandchildren God ever created, some of them right here, including my oldest granddaughter, Daisy, who turned 15 yesterday. And I don't know how that happened. And we leaped. I leaped in coming back here. We leaped in creating the community center, creating this place. Now we get to leap in the next creative space, right? Let's do it with joy. Let's do it with power. And what I ask you is, if you would, as you leave today, uh, don't social media this yet. And don't tell the people coming in for third service. Do me the honor of letting me tell them, will you? Let me tell them, okay? All right? And let's just go forward in a dynamic and a beautiful way. I plan to, and I love you, and I ain't disappearing. All right? I close. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Mile High Church Podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. If you'd like to make a donation, text 720-230-1404 or visit us at milehighchurch.org.